Welcome to Help You Help Me, the podcast where I ask you, the listener, for advice on my everyday life. And in return, I'll give you some advice on yours, as if you have any questions. The podcast email is helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com on Twitter, H-Y-H-M underscore pod. And help you help me across all the other socials, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, there's also a YouTube channel that I am still trying to figure out. But that's going to be launching in a real way soon. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Thanks for uh you know, finding the show and um, keep your questions uh, coming and into the email address or Twitter or however you would like to give me advice and or be advised. Um, so uh, I've been away for a minute. Um, I, I had real life happening. And so um, I didn't get to record a podcast last week. Um, so I, I uh, am... Uh, sorry for that, but I'm back <laughs> I'm recording a podcast and, and, and I hope you guys uh, continue to rock with me and continue to listen um, and continue to participate because um, this podcast doesn't work without you. Um, also, um, the other podcast project that I am working on is coming along as I've uh, you know reported before. Um, however, uh, the production on that has slowed down uh, considerably just, again, because of my real life happening and all that. Um, so a couple updates with me. Um, I did find a second source of employment. Yay! So my 12-month plan to leave my current job is underway. Um, there's a few more things that I have to take care of, and then I will be kind of in a better position um, you know, financially and everything than I am now. So thank you guys for your advice on what I should do, uh, about, um, my work and leaving my job. Angie Ray's, um, um, advice that I should come up with a 12 month plan and, um, you know, quit my job you know, uh, next January seems to, uh, be a, like I may be able to make that work out with the second job and just work, uh, two jobs for a year, stack some money and then leave, um, and, and, and switch careers. So, um, I, I'm taking your advice, Angie. Thank you so much, um, for, uh, for, for looking out. Um, a lot of other people, um, suggested, uh, something similar, um, I've had, um, people suggest that, you know, maybe, uh, going back to school and, and, and I'm looking at that option as well. Um, I don't think I want to go back to school as a means of, um, you know, making money, whether you can, I guess, like, um, but I have student loans out the wazoo right now. I don't know if I'm ready to add to that, but, um, thank you so much for, uh, for suggesting it. It has been on my mind. Um, so, um, and specifically, um, broadcast journalism. So uh, the podcast itself, I feel I could be, um, a little more, uh, well-rounded if I had that training. So I am looking to, uh, I'm looking at that. I'm seriously considering it. Um, so, uh, thanks for that. Um, so, um, I, I did post a question about how people, um, save their money, um, how they allocate certain things. Um, and I got a great suggestion to, um, use, uh, one of the, um, kind of stock investment apps. 
Um, so that's what I plan on doing. Um, I, I, it seems like a pretty good avenue, and um, I, 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 I'm patient among all things, or I try to be patient among all things. So this is going to be one of those situations where I am going to be investing some small amounts of money, and then just waiting and seeing. The, you know how those make their returns as i know nothing about the stock market if anybody out there is experienced in trading or buying stocks please hit me up in the email help you help me pod at gmail.com uh, let me know um kind of what the ins and outs on what the most important things about investing are um uh, help me uh figure out which uh, stocks to invest in um, we're gonna take a short break and i'll be right back Hey guys, uh, this is Eddie. Uh, of course it is. Um, just wanted to uh, remind you guys that um, in order to participate uh, in the podcast, um, I need you guys to send me uh, your answers for me and your questions to uh, the email. It's helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com. Um, we've been uh, doing a great job um, of... Uh, responding to one another lately i haven't had a chance to read any uh emails from people who need advice um but some of the advice that i've gotten um on staying organized on investing money on what i should do about work have been phenomenal um phenomenal pieces of advice and i thank you guys so much for participating in the past um if you have any advice for me or any questions um find me uh on social media uh help you help me uh pod uh on uh instagram hym underscore pod um on on twitter also um Please, please, please um, help support the podcast through Patreon. It's Help You Help Me Podcast uh, on Patreon. Um, I look forward to uh, continuing to bring you guys uh, great content. And um, and I'm going to figure out a way to post uh, past episodes of Help You Help Me uh, on Anchor so that you guys um, out there in podcast land are able to hear what I was up to before I started exclusively using the Anchor app. Uh, you might notice that some of the episodes, um, uh, that the episodes here are uh, on episode 13, 14, and up. That's because there are previous 12 episodes that re were recorded and posted to SoundCloud. And um, I, I might need someone out there to help me import all of those. Uh, into uh, Anchor because they're great episodes and especially the episode that I recorded with my mom and the episode that I recorded with my brother. Um, they have great stories and they have uh, great um, advice as well uh, on persevering in the creative field and uh, remaining diligent. Um, you are your own boss in a lot of ways when you're in a creative field. So you have to be able to make sure that you're doing outstanding work and doing that work as often as possible. Unlike me with my week late podcast. So, um, it's help you help me podcast, um, on Patreon, help you help me pod, um, uh, on Instagram, H Y H M underscore pod, Twitter, find me, connect with me, send those emails into the email. Um, and let's continue with the show.
All right. Um, so this is a uh, long dormant uh, section of Help You Help Me that I used to only reserve for many episodes, but since I think I'm going to kill many episodes, um, this is Hear Me Out, uh, my uh, music review uh, section of the podcast. Now, I um, recently had an opportunity to listen to uh, Revival by Eminem, and um, I feel like I, you know, kind of walked into it um, with uh, a little bit of working knowledge on the theme of the album, which is um, pretty political. The album uh, was released after, you know, his uh, BET Hip Hop Awards cipher, where he, you know, pretty much killed the freestyle, detailing um, the sort of political climate um, as it stands in America right now. And it was brilliant. Um, I wish, though, that the album uh, maintained the kind of energy and spirit of that freestyle all the way throughout. There's definitely... um, I I, I feel like his lyrical content is, uh, you know, above board, as always, you know... (laughs) what he's rapping about in this album where it concerns you know politics or where it concerns relationships where it concerns his uh fears of being a better father than a husband i feel like are all poignant and great um sort of touch points on his growth as uh as a man and as a father and as a person who's able to step back and be a little bit more aware of himself and um how his previous work and attitude um, shape the relationships that he has with his ex-wife and his daughters. And um, I I commend him on that. And I commend a lot of our, you know, rappers nowadays in their, you know, early, mid or late 40s who are, you know, going to therapy. And, you know, Jay-Z did the same thing with 444. And I feel like it's better late than never, but I would wish that they could reach some of these younger rappers. However, um, the the standout tracks uh, for me are most of the Rick Rubin, um, most of the Rick Rubin uh, produced tracks. Um, I thought they were amazing. I thought they were great. Um, Just Blaze is on the album. Alex the Kid is on the album. Um, the uh, the track produced by uh frederick um called frame is a standout track um i think it's great um i think this album is great um like i think most of eminem's albums are great but i don't feel like there is a need to listen to it more than maybe twice um i i don't know how m feels about this album but it's somewhere around the, uh, I feel like the power is stunted in a way. Um, the power of this political message is stunted in a way by some of the choices um, that he's made with the, the beats and with some of the other lyrical content which doesn't which is very personal but i don't think mixes well with a political message it's like have a political album or have an emotional album but 
um, you know, not everybody can, you know, be immortal technique and common at the same time. <laughs> so, um, but my other problem with, um, the album is, um, M's flow. I, it's a lot of the choppy staccato flow that the younger guys are doing nowadays. And it doesn't really speak to me in a way that his, um, normal kind of, uh, like uh, out there nasally flow normally does like I, I didn't find myself excited by the sound of his voice so much as I was excited by his words so it was conflicting in that way and it's a great uh, but uh, if you guys haven't heard Revival by Eminem please give it a listen um, listen to those you know more political tracks um, give it a try I did and I didn't hate it, it wasn't my All right, and um, continuing with uh, Hear Me Out, um, I also had a chance to listen to um, Migos, The Culture 2. Now, I um, I think it, out of sort of the uh, range of uh, fandom for uh, Migos, um, they're from my hometown, they're from Atlanta, um, and I feel like if you are from Atlanta and your um, sort of style and fervor and um, energy doesn't match, <laughs> you know, Outkast or Jeezy or T.I. or uh, to, you know, a certain extent, um, you know, ludicrous or two chains, then don't bother. And there's so much kind of like disposable hip hop in the world. I'm not saying that Migos is disposable, but for me, they ride that line of, is this worth my time? And, and, um, if I were not, if I were busy doing something else uh, at the time of listening to this album, I would say that no, it's not worth my time. But I listened to the album with the express, um, you know, reason that that I was going to review it on Hear Me Out. Um, I do not care for this album. Um, some of the beats are great. Uh, the beats and superstars, Narcos, uh, BBO, um, you know, uh, Walk It, Talk It with Drake, um, CC with Gucci Mane. Um, great beats. Like, the, like it's a, I, I would put it on in a car. Um, and, you know, let my windows down and be uh, real trappy about it. But I don't love the album. Um, the lyrical content from song to song is basically the same thing. Guns, bitches, drugs, guns, bitches, drugs, uh, lather, rinse, repeat. Um, and also, if you are going to put features on your album, please do not put features on your album that are better than uh, your verse or rappers who are more capable than you are. Um, and no other track on this album is more uh, evident uh, than Motorsport, which was the lead single for this album. Um, Cardi B uh, kills everybody on the song, and then Nicki Minaj um, steps in and mops up um, the rest of the Migos here. Um, so that song is indicative of the rest of the album. So if you were underwhelmed by uh, Offset Takeoff and uh, the other dude, 
<laughs> if you weren't impressed with um, their verses on that song, uh, be prepared to be unimpressed with the verses on the rest of the songs. Um, it's basically a song full of great trap beats, um, some pretty um, great uh, moments from the features, uh, but uh, overall uninspired and uh, boring from uh, the Miko, Migos themselves. Um, and I know that there was, you know, some controversy behind um, Offset using the word queer and then trying to justify using the word queer, saying that he didn't mean it to, to mean gay people and that he didn't even knew, know that it was used to mean gay people. But then he posted the definition, uh, which certainly also includes that online. So um, I, I guess um, he is counting on um, some of his fans to be as stupid as he is. Uh, but uh, that had no bearing on how I reviewed this album and I was bored. Um, I would recommend this um, album for your car, maybe for your workouts, but you're not going to get anything uh, of substance out of Migos. Um, and also, I think maybe it's time to stop with uh, rap groups, uh, because when you get three guys into a group in clearly one of them is more talented than the other um it makes everybody look bad and it's like why don't you just write everybody's rhymes because everybody is not good at this and maybe don't be in a group um you know i i, I the time for rap groups ended um after you know outcast did put out another album and even boys in the hood broke up i mean come on anyway um up next your questions uh, and Yahoo's answers. We're gonna take a short break. Hey guys, uh, just a quick uh, reminder that um, I am recording my podcast um, through Anchor. Um, Anchor is an app that uh, allows all of you aspiring uh, podcasters out there to. Um, curate uh the kind of podcast that you want to listen to from other um content makers out there all of whom are amazing and are putting out great content for, through the anchor app um your podcast uh should you decide to release it as one is then distributed to uh, podcast outlets um like google uh, play uh, itunes um or apple podcasts um stitcher um podcast republic that sort of thing um if you guys are um looking to uh, do a podcast in a cost-effective way anchor is free to use um for now <laughs> and they're not paying me i'm just giving them a shout out of my podcast because they're amazing go to uh, anchor.fm to uh, see what anchor is about download the anchor app um in your uh app procuring uh space um whichever platform you use and uh get started um it could be scary putting out content that's personal or controversial uh, but um we all have a voice uh in this world and we all deserve to use that voice to be heard from the serious to the silly um your podcast could be what you want it to be so uh look for anchor um on your uh on your, your your app stores uh, download it and get started today um anchor uh is not paying me to say this by the way i just love the app so back to the show 
Welcome back. Uh, okay, so I actually got a couple of emails. Thanks, guys. Um, the first email is coming from um, it's uh, anonymous. Um, it says, I want a boyfriend. It says, I'm preparing myself for all the groans. Uh, one day, sweetie, you're still young, or don't worry, you don't need a boyfriend, but I want one. The problem is, I go to an all-girls school, and I don't really have any way of meeting guys. I'm only 15, by the way. So, I'm glad you're prepared. One day, sweetie, you're still young. Uh, don't worry, you don't need a boyfriend. Uh, you have plenty of time. Um... I know 15 seems like you've been on this earth for a very long time, but you haven't. And um, there are plenty of uh, sharks in the water who are ready for, you know, you to be their girlfriend, I guess. But here's the deal. Um, by and large, guys your age are terrible and save yourself the time. 15-year-old um, guys are uh, not... Um, you know, fully formed people. I mean, they're humans and treat them like human beings, but also, um, you know, keep them at an arm's length. I, I, I don't think that you are um, uh, ready to have a boyfriend at 15. I don't think anybody is, but I think, you know, when you do that, that's just sort of a, a you know, the social interactions that you have with the guys your age um, and, um, you know, the proximity and that sort of thing. If you go to an all-girls school and you're in a boarding school situation where you don't leave campus and you don't know where to meet boys, um, then just wait. You have plenty of time in college and beyond to date and date often. Date a lot and date often. <laughs> um, and then when you find the person that you want to be with and you want to settle down with or whatever the case may be, um, then, you know, wait for that. I think you're one of you, you're going to have a sort of a big regret in trying to rush the process of being uh, someone's girlfriend or being in a relationship at 15. Um, keep your head down, um, get your schoolwork done. If you're in a position to start working at 16, get your first job at 16, um, focus on those things. Focus on being a autonomous, uh, fully formed um, uh, young lady. Um, and then uh, try to see where someone fits into your life and where you fit into theirs um, after that. You don't want to uh, be the type of person who is like, but I want a boyfriend. I need a boyfriend. You don't. What you need is yourself and your sanity. Um, you need your uh, autonomy uh, and you need to know uh, how to be alone. If you think you need a boyfriend or think you want a boyfriend, um, then uh, make sure that you're okay with being by yourself and being uh, alone and not lonely alone. Um, and that you're okay with your own company before you invite somebody else into sort of an intimate space in your life. Um, so I, I wouldn't be too eager or excited to jump into any sort of relationship. Relationships are hard and they take work. And I think that they're a little bit more involved than, um, you know, most 15 year olds have patience or um, uh, attention spans for. So um, don't be so into 
being someone's girlfriend that you're willing to give up a part of yourself um, in order to do it. Um, just um, be just, you know, stay out here being a bad bitch and, you know, graduate high school. Do whatever it is that you have to do to make sure that you are a strong, self-aware uh, person who is also giving as much as you can to your friends and family and to the world around you in a real and substantial sort of way before you decide to enter into any romantic relationships. Honey, you have plenty of time for that. Okay, next email comes from, um, let's call her Samantha. Uh, is it childish for a 37-year-old female to have teddy bears and porcelain or crochet dolls in her bedroom? I've had the dolls since I was 12 and haven't acquired any more uh, in 15 or 20 years. Uh, most of the bears I've had since I was a child. I did require a few March of Dimes and Beanie Babies over the years. My boyfriend thinks I'm, a men I'm mentally a child and should switch to a big girl room. Everything I own is from places I've been to or were given to me by family, friends, or fans of family. Um, so, sorry. So they have sentimental value. He criticizes everything about my life, my jobs, my weight, my living situation, my clothes, etc. It's been like this for years, but yet I'm still with him for some crazy reason. I still live at home because of financial issues. I work two part-time jobs, but don't make enough to own my own place. Now, first, um, I'm going to answer your question. Um, is it childish? Um, it depends on how many uh, stuffed animals you have. I think every um, adult um, in one way or another, either at their own homes or at their parents' homes, still have, you know, toys or you know, coloring books or crayons or something from their childhood that's hidden away in a box or in their old rooms or has been passed down to a niece or nephew or child. But um, I, I don't necessarily think that it makes you childish. Um, however, uh, it, it, perception is reality for some people and um maybe um paring down some of your dolls and stuffed animals and stuff like that um it could uh change the perception of you being childish now um your boyfriend however is horrible um and you should break up with him um because um i assume that you, you, since you said you guys have been together for a while, that him criticizing you uh, is not really doing anything for your situation personally. It's not helping or making you lose weight. It's not getting rid of your uh, your Beanie Baby collection. And it's certainly not inspiring you to quit your jobs and find something else um, or move out of your parents' house. Uh, and no, I don't know why you live with your parents. Maybe it's because you can't afford a place or maybe it's because you're helping them or whatever the case may be but those are your circumstances and for him to not be supportive of that um is uh ridiculous and fucking stupid and you should break up with them because you, do, you deserve better and you can do better um if he has a problem with your stuffed animals then just don't have him over uh tell him to stay the fuck where he is and you meet him uh in the parking lot of a wawa or whatever but like he doesn't have to be in your space therefore he doesn't have to be affected by your um, doll collection 
However, I think what he is thinking is that eventually, if this remains on the course, your relationship remains on the course that it's on, and you guys end up moving in together, that he then has to deal with your stuffed animal collection, which is fair. Uh, we all uh, have things when we move in with other people, whether it is a roommate or a uh, love interest, uh, we all have certain compromises and sacrifices that we have to make, and sometimes um, that compromise or that sacrifice is uh, stuff stuff that we own um the stuff that we don't have room for and the stuff in our lives that we hang on to that doesn't help us make room for other people and maybe that's what he's concerned about but all the cracks about your weight and about your job and all that stuff it's fucking uh it's stupid and unnecessary and childish itself so if he can't get his head around behaving more maturely in your relationship then he has no room to talk about your stuffed animal and doll collection so you can tell them to fuck right off and my advice to you my friend samantha is to um break it up break it off be single date a lot and often um you know keep stay the course if you're looking at if you're in school or you're looking at other employment opportunities rise up be successful, be excellent, and let him see just how well you are flourishing on your own. Um, and then don't give him the satisfaction of getting back with him. He can kick rocks. All right, next email. Uh, this is going to be not just a question for me, but for all guys out there. Um, and, uh, I think that if you're in a relationship, you can answer this question. Um, it's not, um, really, uh, gender specific or sexually or sexual orientation specific. Um, ever since our wedding night, um, it's been hard. My wife never asked me to has never asked me to have sex. I'm always the one asking and I usually get turned down. She does not like to try new positions. It's always the same old thing. Uh, I want to explore with her. I don't know what to do. I've talked about it to her and this always leads to a fight. I was so naive in thinking that I'd be getting sex whenever I wanted uh, once married. It's been two and a half years so far and I've only had sex one, one time a month. So 12 times a year if this keeps up. That sucks. Not sure what to do. I clean up and help out around the house to provide as a man should. And sometimes I just want to bang like crazy. She always finds an excuse not to from A to Z. Uh, what's even worse, when she changes clothes in front of me, it drives me wild. I've been tortured. What's even worse is that there's women out there who would gladly love to have sex with their husbands and enjoy. My wife has the mindset of just enduring sex. I've ha had her literally ask me in the middle of sex, are you finished yet? Sad. Not sure what to do um, to have her crave sex for me, desire me, and to just go crazy for me like I am for her. Thoughts? Okay. Um, really, for you, I think you should unpack um, what your relationship was like before you got married. Were you guys having sex all the time and a lot? And when you were, were you paying attention to her mood? Were you paying attention to her reactions? Were you paying attention um, to what she what she required from you? Were you uh, attentive? Were you uh, assertive? Were you uh, just thinking about getting off? Were you thinking about getting her off? Um, there's a lot of things about you that as a husband, she sees as 
husband material. Like you said, you provide for her, you help out around the house, you do that sort of thing. And that is reason free from how she or anybody else that you may be in a relationship with feels about you physically or sexually. So you have to kind of be honest with yourself about where your relationship was before you were married. Um, there are some people who are in relationships um, that are not predicated on sex. It's something different for them. It's the companionship. It's um, the things that they have in common. It's basically a best friendship that now has a ring and a piece of paper attached to it. And sex never plays into uh, that equation for them. And there's some people who find the balance of companionship and sex. And then some people whose relationships are based solely on sex. Um, if that was not your relationship before, or if you think back and nothing that you have done for her in the lovemaking department has really ever given her a thrill, then she's probably just not a very sexual person or has a very high libido. And so that's something that you with your wife are going to have to come to an understanding about. Either you stay in this relationship and you deal with having sex just once a month, um, or you get out of the relationship and find somebody who is more compatible with you sexually and um, emotionally. Uh, because it sounds like this isn't just sexual for you, it's an emotional thing and it's taking its toll on you emotionally. Uh, as it probably is for her as well. Maybe she doesn't feel desirable. So, um, you know, uh, I, I would really just attempt to have a, a real conversation with your wife about it maybe you press her too much maybe she's turned off because you press her about sex a lot so if you are pressuring her about sex you don't say whether or not you do don't um let the sex come to you and if it only comes to you once a month at least it comes to you at all because for some people um it doesn't um i i think your situation um is not uncommon there are women out there who aren't craving sex the way that men do um so just be patient see where your relationship is going to go in the next uh 12 months and if it's not going in a direction that works for you talk seriously about ending your relationship with your wife try couples counseling if that doesn't work you got to find somebody you're compatible with buddy bye All right, last email before Yahoo's answers, questions, answers, questions. Uh, why won't my fiance get my name tattooed on him? But he got his ex-wife's name tattooed when they were engaged. It's just confusing to, uh, to me why he uh, was so open about her name being on his body, but not mine. Um, oh, buddy, listen, um, it's probably because... Um, it was a mistake for him to do that. <laughs> um, he's not with that woman anymore, correct? He's with you. So um, obviously him getting her name tattooed on him was a huge fucking mistake. And I know it probably hurts you to have to look at this woman's tattoo um, because maybe he hasn't gotten it covered or maybe he can't afford to have it removed. And that's real because tattoo removal is not cheap. Good tattoo removal is not cheap. Um, so he probably doesn't want to get your name tattooed on him because of the, like, relationships are not, like, the final 
step in your life. Like it's not the last thing you'll ever do. And which is proven by the fact that he has an ex. It's not, they're not necessarily always meant to be built for forever. Um, it's different than having your mother's name or your child's name or your dad's name or someone who is blood related to you tattooed because they'll always be blood related. They'll always be your family. Um, but your ex-wife is not your family the second you decide to divorce papers. And so he probably saw it as a mistake and doesn't want to repeat that mistake again. Um, uh, I, I have a friend uh, or I have a family member who got his first wife's name tattooed on him. And then, you know, had to go through the pain of having it covered up by a bigger, denser tattoo because they divorced. So you have to be um, smart about that sort of thing nowadays, because, you know, when you're with the person that you were with since high school and you get married, of course, you think it's going to be forever. So you get that person's name tattooed on you. Um those sort of ties with tattoos that happen in the heat of the moment, like, you know, drunken tattoos in Daytona or trans dance. Uh, but it's not necessarily uh, something that anyone should do. Uh, I, I'll be damned if I ever get a spouse's name tattooed on me or their initials tattooed on me anywhere. Unless their, name, their initials were like BS thing, I'd just say, hey, it means bullshit. Or uh, F you. Uh, uh, and obviously, we know um, that that means... Uh, you know, fuck you. Anyway, um, I, I I don't um, see anything wrong with him not getting your name tattooed on him. It's his body, um, and uh, and he's free to do with that what he wants to. Um, just like you're free to not have his name tattooed on you either. See, see how it works. Neither one of you have to do it. Neither one of you have to make that stupid fucking mistake. So. What I will say is um, that uh, you guys should probably do something else that is just for you. Um, and that is maybe if it's a, a sort of tradition that the two of you come up with. Maybe you take a trip to, you know, uh, some like, an, like the Bahamas or something every year just to kind of remind you guys of like, you know, what it was like when you first fell in love and that sort of thing. Or, you know, uh, get, get, you know, matching Yeezys every year or something. Do something that is not going to be a permanent scar uh, should your relationship end. Uh, and it be something that constantly reminds you of what was or what could have been. Um, and something that is expensive to get off or cover up. Um, do something that is a little bit more than branding yourself with someone else's name because that's property ship and ownership and i have a problem with it if it's not blood related not a person who's blood related um so um i, I wouldn't get someone's name tattooed on me unless it was uh one or all of my brothers or uh my mom or that's pretty much it Hey guys, uh, just a reminder uh, to connect with me. Um, you can uh, find me at Help You Help Me podcast on most social uh, media. Help You Help Me podcast on Facebook. Help You Help Me pod or podcast on uh, 
Instagram. I can't remember which one it is, but um, it's also uh, hyhm underscore pod on Twitter and the email help you help me pod at gmail.com. Also, please support the podcast through Patreon. Help me help you podcast. Um, uh, I would love to continue doing uh, this podcast um, and up my game for you guys. So, um, uh, doing uh, supporting the podcast on Patreon helps me to um, also um, uh, put out some YouTube content, uh, get this uh, Periscope thing popping. Um, I want to upgrade my sound equipment and all this stuff, and I want it to uh, be something. And also, I want to launch a website as well so that getting to me is a lot easier than all the socials and the email. So, um, helping to support the podcast through Patreon helps uh, me put a uh, better product out for you guys and to uh, give you guys the listening experience that um, and, and uh, community experience um, that that I think will uh, be you know unparalleled in the podcasting space uh, because uh, again while this podcast is me asking you guys for advice I also love to give advice so um, you know Patreon is really um, I think changed the game for a lot of content makers out there um, so please uh, search help you help me podcast um, on Patreon uh, become a patron donate a dollar donate five dollars donate 20 um but um help support the podcast um, it's going to help me um creatively and it'll also help me bring to you um the listeners some pretty cool stuff um like exclusive access to the untitled podcast project releasing this year um, also, I want to incorporate merch and also, like I said, building the Help You Help Me uh, website. Um, so that's Help You Help Me at Patreon, Help You Help Me Pod, gmail.com, HYHM underscore pod on Twitter. Help You Help Me Podcast, uh, IG, um, and Anchor, of course. Um, Vero. If you guys aren't using Vero, um, please look for Vero in your app store. It's a new social media platform. I'm trying to get involved with it it's v-e-r-o um i think uh for their first few hundred uh subscribers uh it's free but i'm not sure if there's going to be an at cost uh or a paywall set up um after that don't have that information but check out vero i'm on vero help you help me um we're gonna get back to the show up next is, is yahoo answer questions answers questions So, first uh, question from Yahoo Answers is a gaming question. And some of uh, the next few questions are going to be gaming questions because I was in a mood. Uh, it's the main character from the game Assassin's Creed Origins, Black or Arab? Um, he's Egyptian. I, I Egypt is in Africa, although it's in Northern Africa. Um, I, I, I think at the time that the game is set in would put him as an African, uh, therefore being black. Um, I, I think now um, the racial or ethnic makeup of, e of Egypt and Egyptians is, uh, I can't, 
I don't want to say something wrong. If there are any people out there listening to the podcast who are well versed in the in, in what the, this answer is, please let me know. Help you help me pod at gmail.com. I would say that he is black because Egypt is in Africa. And therefore, uh, <laughs> I would say at the time that it was that 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 the game is set in that he would be considered black. However, um, I know that there are people who um, consider Egyptians to be Middle Eastern, which I think is wrong. I think it's it, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Um, so I, I, there's definitely, you know, Arab people, um, uh, who are of Egyptian or Egyptians who are of Arab descent, but I, I'm not sure what their right answer to that question is, except I think in the game, he's black. Um, there, the developers did, uh, uh, note that they uh, tried to make him look ambiguously unambiguous um, as to not uh, cause uh, too much of a racist backlash um, from Eurocentrists. That's a quote from Ubisoft. Um, and his wife is Greek in the game. So, um, but it, I, I, it, he's black. Um, but the the game i think uh, just to speak on the game itself the game is amazing oh my gosh um uh, me and, and and a friend of mine have been playing uh, assassin's creed origin on xbox one it's been a great experience with xbox one um is uh, continually flooring me with its graphical power and and, and um, just how intuitive it is um I, I have not played it on ps4 i don't know if i'm going to i don't know if i'm excited about ps4 i i tend to love the xbox controller a little bit more than i do the playstation controller i feel like the playstation controller is uh dated at this point and i also feel like it in your in my hands um uh feels like it's going to fall apart whereas the xbox controller i feel like it's a, a lot sturdier excuse me uh it's a lot sturdier and i feel like um the buttons aren't mushy or as mushy they give me kind of a satisfying like uh, uh feedback um i i am uh impressed with this game i really am it's um, it, it, the cutscenes are amazing. The lighting is amazing. The the textures are divine. Um, and I, I would, my dream is to play it on an Xbox One X and see the difference um, between the Xbox One and Xbox One X. Um, it is, I think, I believe Assassin's Creed Origins is uh, optimized for 4K. Um, so um, this is like it, it's, but it, in in its original state, the way that it is now, it's blowing my mind. And if you haven't played Assassin's Creed Origins, um, please, please, please get on that right now. It is a good like robust well-developed game um the story is amazing um uh even if there are maybe one or two uh or five too many side missions um but i, I like it and i think you will like it as well this is my recommendation as far as um, video games go um or the ones that i've played lately
Next question. Uh, is the Nintendo Switch good? Is it fun? I want to buy it with Pokemon, but is it worth it? Is it fun for adults? Um, yeah. Uh, if you're in the market to buy a new gaming system, as much as I um, have, I mean, I mentioned on the show before um, that um, one of my ultimate gets um, is an Xbox One X. Uh, my other ultimate get is a, a Nintendo Switch. Um, I've seen people, uh, especially here on Yahoo Answers, who say, no, it's not a fun system. I would say to those people that they have not spent enough time with the Switch. And by enough time, I mean five seconds. Because um, just for from the demos that I've played um, using the Switch, it is not only on par with, uh, with the, uh, the PS4 and the Xbox 360 um, uh, graphically, finally. Um, it is fun to play, which has never not been the case with Nintendo systems. When you get a good game on a Nintendo system, it is, uh, it, it is mind-blowing. When there's a, a Mario Kart or a Smash Brothers or a Legend of Zelda or a, uh, you know, uh, Splatoon, uh, they're amazing games. Like, Nintendo knows what they're doing in making fun games. Now, you can speak to the lack of graphical power of the Wii and the Wii U and the GameCube at the time, I guess. No, well, the GameCube was a pretty powerful system. I thought the GameCube games um, uh, not only rivaled, but beat out a lot of, uh, graphically, a lot of the games that were released on PS2 uh, and on the Xbox. Um, and it also uh, spawned um, two uh, of the best games of their series or of their uh, of their iterations, which was uh, Smash Brothers Melee and um, Mario Kart Double Dash. And I feel like they should include the Double Dash element in the next Mario Kart games because it was brilliant and it was just a, a great, fun version of Mario Kart. Um, um, and then, you know, I didn't love Mario Kart on the Wii, but it was, you know, Mario Kart, so it wasn't terrible. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just gorgeous. I, I love the graphical upgrades. I love everything about it. Um, Breath of the Wild is amazing and mind-blowing and just simply one of the best games ever made, ever. Um, Mario Odyssey, same. It's one of, it's the it throws all of the other 3D Mario games in the trash. I don't care about those. Mario Odyssey is where it's at. Um, so yeah, I would... Uh, I, I, I haven't played Pokken, uh, but I would uh, highly advise that if you're in the market for a game system, that you run, don't walk to your nearest retailer, pick up the Nintendo Switch, um, get a game that's going to allow you to sit with it and get used to the controllers themselves, which are amazing. Um, the Joy-Cons are great. Um, uh, I, I would uh, get Breath of the Wild, certainly, if even if you just don't plan on playing it, just have it on deck, just in case. Um, same with Mario Kart 8. And Pokemon is probably really fun. Most Pokemon games are. Um, but... Um, 
Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Fire Emblem Warriors is more of like a hack and slash type game. There's a tiny bit of strategy that goes with it, um, but it's a pretty simple game, but it, it shows off the power of the Switch um, pretty uh, magnificently. So I would, um, I, I would, I would do that. I, I, I would, yeah, get the Switch, man, it's fun. All right. Um, what is your favorite video game on Sega Genesis? Okay. Um, hmm. Probably my favorite game on Sega Genesis uh, was Boogerman, actually. Uh, Boogerman and um, uh, Echo the Dolphin. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Uh, and I, games like NBA Jams or um, NFL Blitz I liked better on Super Nintendo. I also liked um, uh, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man versus Carnage, I think it was called. I can't remember which it was, but it was a red cartridge, the limited edition of the red cartridge. That game was dope on Super Nintendo. But on Sega Genesis, like their properties like uh, Toe Jam and Earl and Boogerman and uh, of course Sonic 2, which is probably the best Sonic Hedgehog game ever made, um, are some of my favorites. Uh, some of the ports, like the Capcom ports, I didn't really love. Like I didn't like Street Fighter uh, on Sega Genesis, even after they um, released the six button controller. I just thought it worked better on Super Nintendo because of the shoulder buttons and everything. Um, but that was Sega's like kind of uh, like Nintendo um, now uh, sort of their non-conformist attitudes is like we won't have shoulder buttons because Nintendo has shoulder buttons and they probably should have um, it just makes the fighting games and home, con home, home consoles work a lot better um, uh, like you take Mortal Kombat X and Injustice 2 like they work so much better on new gen consoles because there are you know ostensibly there's eight buttons and um, the more buttons you, you have even though I, I feel like in Mortal Kombat uh, not every button is an attack button I might be wrong but I'm just a button master when it comes to uh, newer fighting games that had more of a strategy in uh, uh, Street Fighter Turbo but um, I, I would say uh, that those games are my favorite. Uh, Streets of Rage. Oh God, I love Streets of Rage. Um, and um, there's a game called Comic Zone, which I think style style-wise, it's, it's such a great game. Um, you, you jump from like comic panel to comic panel and, and that sort of thing. But um, the chances that you'll die. Uh, before getting out of the second stage is are, are great and there's no save points like when you die you go back to the beginning of the entire game and that is a ripoff in a way um, but um, I will say that uh, well Sega is porting a lot of its um, Genesis games uh, and some of its master system games to um, to app form um, so uh, Check your app stores for like Streets of Rage too. I think they have out and Sonic and all that sort of stuff because they're they're just as fun as they were on the home console on your phone or tablet. However, um, I, if I can make one request of of Sega while they are porting games over, if you guys could please find a way to get on uh, porting a, a a true version of Penguin Land uh, to mobile or 
onto like the Switch or make available uh, in, in the Xbox marketplace or something. Uh, that game is, it's one of my favorite games ever. Like if you guys have never played Penguin Land, try to look up a video of it on YouTube where I think there is a uh, version of Penguin Land uh, uh, in app form. Um, it's not exactly Penguin Land and the developers uh, uh, kind of made it as an homage to Penguin Land, but not necessarily meaning it to be uh, that game. Uh, but it's one of the best games that I've ever played in my entire life. And it's one of those games that, um, like, my parents used to kick us off of the Master System for so that they can play. Um, just like uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, they won't admit that they did that, but they did. Um, actually, my mom, my mom admitted it. But um, it, it's it's just a, it's adorable. And you have to get an egg through ice and not get killed by polar bears. It's great. Um, so, Sega, if you guys could please get on making Penguin Land uh available um that would make um you know my seven or eight year old self very happy um but yeah what are your guys's favorite sega genesis games um let me know in my email let me know uh on twitter Hey guys, just a quick break. Um, I wanted to thank you again for listening. I uh, meant to remind you that uh, participating in the podcast, it's easy. All you got to do is uh, email me your uh, answers and suggestions for me and my questions or um, uh, any questions you need uh, answers or advice for. Um, the podcast email is help you help me pod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, the Twitter handle is hyhm underscore pod i am also on instagram help you help me pod uh, or podcast it's one of those two uh, one day i'm going to remember um also um uh, on anchor uh help you help me podcast also patreon um so hit me up get in touch with me uh participate in the podcast let's keep uh building this community of people helping each other now back to the show All right, next question. Uh, I am a 17-year-old artist who is planning on selling his art, but have no clue what the best website to sell my art is. Um, uh, I want to start out easy. What are some of the best websites for me to sell my art? Um, well, I have an answer, but if any of you are currently selling art or purchase art from any certain website, please let me know. Um, the email address again is help you help me pot at gmail.com. What are the best websites for um, uh, this person to sell their art on? Um, I personally um, would probably approach uh, some of the bars or cafes in my area, uh, you know, maybe cafes. You're 17, you probably shouldn't walk into a bar. Um, to uh, see if they'll display and sell my artwork. Um, a lot of the artwork that I've published, uh, published, a lot of the artwork that I've purchased have um, come from cafes. Um, uh, I, I see something awesome on the wall and I just pay for it and buy it. Um, I literally one day was at a, a, a video game bar here in town called Bart and saw this awesome painting. Um, it was $80. Uh, and I bought it off the wall, but then I had to walk around with the painting all night, uh, which is fine. 
Um, but, um, you know, make sure uh, that you are uh, speaking to who's ever curating art for certain cafes or coffee houses or whatever in your area and see if there's space on the wall for you. Because there's no better representation of your work than the work itself. Now, if you were thinking about selling prints and that sort of thing, then um, you can do that online, but I, I'm not sure how to do that. So that's why I ask uh, all the listeners out there, if you have any idea of uh, what would help uh, this person sell their art online, uh, hit me up and I will relay uh, that information on the next podcast. Next question, is it too late to return my iPhone X and switch to an iPhone 8? I got my iPhone X in November uh, around Thanksgiving. I had it for two months. Now I'm really annoyed by it. And I feel like iPhone 8 is a lot better. Do you think I will be able to just order an iPhone 8, uh, get that set up and get a refund for uh, my iPhone X? Um, Sure, you can buy an iPhone 8. Uh, No one's stopping you probably. especially if your iPhone X is already paid for, um, but they're not going to give you a refund. It's two months later. What you can do is uh, try to sell the iPhone X. There's different ways you can do that. Um, There is let go. uh, They let go app. Uh, There is Craigslist. There is now a um, marketplace on Facebook where you can list things and uh, people in your area can't buy them. You can, send it to them or pick it, have them pick it up or drop it off or whatever you want to do. Um, eBay, there's all sorts of ways to get rid of your iPhone X. You're going to take a loss on it because you've had it for two months. However, um, it, it, you getting a refund from your carrier, um, is, uh, slim, it's not going to happen. It's a slim chance that that's going to happen. Um, I would just try to uh, sell it and then use that money to purchase the iPhone 8 um, or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, see. I don't know what the next question is. I should have done a better job of planning these out. But I didn't. And here we are, listening to me babble into a microphone. I'm okay with it. Uh, next question. Are you sad because of your age? Um, nope. I'm fine with my age. Um... I think maybe I, maybe my expectations of how much further uh, along or how much more successful I would be now um, is skewed by what reality is. <laughs> and um, that part makes me think um, that maybe I squandered some great opportunities in my life, but life is about taking those lessons and creating new and better opportunities and, um, realizing that you're lucky to be able to have second chances and do not take them for granted. So I'm not sad about my age. Um, the things that I get sad about never really have anything to do with that. All right. Um, what makes your eyes roll immediately? What makes your eyes roll immediately? For me, um, I need to speak to your manager. Internally makes my eyes roll immediately. Um, people who uh, pay with checks makes my eyes roll immediately. People who are extreme couponers make my eyes roll immediately. 
Um, um, entitled people make my eyes roll immediately. Uh, entitled children. I don't know. There's a lot of things that, like, if I were to not roll my eyes in my head, I would roll my eyes so hard that you'd be able to hear it. Um, let's see. What comes easy for you? Puns come easy for me. Also, like, recalling songs from, like, something. If somebody says, you know, two words that are also lyrics to a song it re i've like i'm really good at instantly recalling that song and singing it and i and you know it gets on some people's nerves but that's just the way my brain works um and it's never not funny to me it's probably not funny at all to uh people that i uh encounter what things do you do you tend to obsess over um i <sighs> Uh, poverty, homelessness, uh, and I mean my own poverty and homelessness. Uh, I obsess over it in a general way as well. Like I, I'm always um, trying to find ways of reaching out and helping people um, and where I can, but I am obsessed with not having a place to live um, or, you know, trying to uh, carve out a, a place for myself in society. I mean, it, it, my own place, not necessarily to carve out a place in order to fit in to a spot where someone else already is, um, but to carve out my own space, um, uh, hence the podcast. What is my least favorite movie uh, of all time? Malibu's Most Wanted. I hate that movie. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about it. I think that it is probably the one movie that I uh, saw in theaters and did not laugh one time. I did not laugh. It's not a funny movie, and I hate it. It is The Godfather 3 of comedies. Um, mm, is it snowing where I live? No, it's actually not snowing where I live. I, I, it's um, Florida, so it just doesn't do that. It's Central Florida at that, so it really doesn't do that here. Uh, Donnie Osmond versus Michael Jackson. Um, mm, Somebody said that Donny Osmond could outsing Michael Jackson. Uh, the kid Donny could outsing kid Michael Jackson. Uh, to that, I say you are wrong, my friend. Um, Donny Osmond had an amazing voice as a kid. Um, and, um, you know, he put out some you know, shitty pop album in the 80s or whatever. It, it wasn't that shitty. Um, it was like Eddie Murphy shitty. Eddie Murphy's album was shitty. But it was good. I mean, Eddie Murphy says his album was shitty. But, uh, um, I, I feel like you should listen to uh, Where You Are uh, by Michael Jackson. That's uh, one of the greatest examples of how flawless his voice was as a child. Um, and then get back to me on that, uh, that argument. Um, let's see. Huh. Cool. Do you ever put a lot of thought and passion into, question, into a question you're answering? Um, yeah a lot of times i'm answering questions on the fly because i'm just going to say this first thing that comes to my head and so it may not sound like a very 
well thought out answer. It's because it's not. But um, in answering the question and how I feel about the answer, I'm totally passionate about it. And I'm passionate about giving advice and getting advice. Um, I, I'm a student of the world and the people in it. And so I take every bit of advice um, to heart. And if I am unable to execute some sort of practice that would show that I'm taking that advice, I at least acknowledge that the advice was heard and uh, processed. Um, so um, I try to do the same thing when I'm answering questions, um, which is the point of the podcast. I really do mean the advice that I give to people, and I hope that they mean that advice to me as well. All right, I think we're coming up on the last few questions. Um, do you look forward to a mixed race future? No more white, black, Arab, Indian, or Chinese people. The world will truly be a multicultural global village and melting pot. I'm a white man with a black uh, girlfriend and I'm proud to be a part of the future. So, um, yeah, actually, that, that is uh, a, a, a more multicultural mixed future, I think, is uh, it, it's inevitable and it's needed. And I myself personally, I can't wait for um, the world to come together and um, be uh, more like to, to be to be uh, a more mixed culturally in this time. I think that um, for um, people in America um, specifically uh, that this is going to uh, sort of uh, bring a, a, a sense of uh, unity um, or I hope that it brings a sense of unity that people are able to understand culturally um, where one another are because they have you know uh, black people in their family or they have um, white or, or, or Chinese or Japanese or Vietnamese or uh, French or Irish or people in their um, in their lineage and uh, that is um, and, and I hope that that sentiment of um, us being able to uh, mix our cultures and our races uh, somehow trickles up to that, you know, elite, you know, uh, 1% that I feel like is only a bunch of uh, white people having babies with each other to keep their race pure or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like... Um, you don't really get a sense of the world if you don't expose yourself to other people's ways of being and what their culture is in and, and out of this country um, and uh, try to be a part of that in any way that you can. Um, and uh, I... And if you don't, and if you're a white guy and you don't marry, you know, uh, someone who's not white, or if you're a black guy or girl and you don't marry someone um, who is outside of your race, at least trying to understand other people's uh, uh, cultural backgrounds um, is um, 
only going to make you uh, more aware of the struggles that they may be going through and thus building um, compassion towards that th those people. Um, however, there are people out there uh, of, of all races who disagree with um, um, people who marry and have kids with. You can't really disagree with it. No one asks you. Like, it's not, you know, you can't disagree with with a state of being, I guess. But there's some people out there who 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 who, who see it as a problem um, to uh, to in, like uh, mix races or integrate races or I don't know how to say it. But um, I think it was. I think it's a beautiful future. I think it's a beautiful future, and I and I would hope that people are just as proud of. Uh, all the heritages um and and um you know i i, I know a, a lot of mixed race people who um for one reason or another uh, favor um one side of their heritage and the other um uh, maybe their black and japanese would identify more with being japanese and black or the other way around but um embrace all of your cultures embrace who you are and and share that with the world and 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 show the world that it's beautiful that you are black and are Japanese or are black and white and that sort of thing. Cause it is, it's one of the best parts about um, living in a free country is that we're able to um, have those experiences with people of other races. Next question, am I the only woman that is disgusted by feminism? Uh, probably not. You're probably um, uh, not unique in that respect. I, I feel like there are quite a few women out there who are disgusted by uh, feminism, probably because um, they somehow let some dude get in their head um, or the, you know, the, the, the patriarchy has figured out a way to permeate uh, you and uh, get you to fight against your own interest, which is what uh, the devil is supposed to do. Um, you don't have to agree with feminists or be a feminist, but you are also aligning yourself with a group of women and men who uh, by and large do not respect you or your position or what it is that you um, uh, represent if you represent anything at all um, you could be disgusted by feminism I'm sure there are some black people out there who are disgusted by what is considered black culture because they have let um, the uh, uh, the poison of uh, of what you know the government and white supremacist and white supremacist in the government um, their notions about what black people are um, get into their heads just like um, those same people figured out a way to get into your head and now you think that feminism is disgusting so I think you uh, should probably examine that and make sure that um, you have a viable argument as to why you uh, disagree with feminism as a woman and um, as right now in your life the enemy so because if you're not if you're a woman and you're disgusted by feminism, I really need you to unpack that because it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, sex addiction is an illness. 
doctors insist. Are doctors just making excuses for predators? Oh, uh, no. Uh, I don't think it's an excuse. And I don't think, uh, I don't think sexual addiction is an excuse or an explanation, um, for, uh, for predators, uh, men or women. I, 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 I think that doesn't have anything to do with sexual addiction. Um, I think sexual addiction is a thing and then some people are predators. Um, uh, not every person who, um, in, in some way or another victimizes, uh, someone sexually or, or preys on someone sexually is a sex addict. Um, they are more, I think, uh, uh, power hungry probably they probably just want to see you know whether they're you know a bigger person or a person who has um more uh, who who has more of a, a certain kind of status are asserting um uh, some sort of power or on a power trip um when they are committing uh, sexual crimes against people um but it doesn't necessarily make them a sex addict or mean that they are addicted to sex um and i know of people who are sex addicts and who are addicted to sex who never um would um assault or rape a person um they probably just spend uh, too much time uh uh watching porn or on grinder um in that sort of way and i'm not saying that that's a healthier expression or not, um, but if they're not hurting anybody, it certainly is more healthy than um, uh, than than predator than being a predator. But um, I think the two are uh, mutually exclusive in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah. Um, do you do number twos in other people's houses? Yeah, man, you gotta go. You gotta go. Um, as a matter of fact, my best friend uh, in high school, uh, well, I have a couple, Crystal, Latoya, there was my two best friends in high school. Um, I took a dump at both their houses uh, pretty much the day that I met them. Latoya, I went through her refrigerator today, that the first time I was in her house. And um, that's been a long standing tradition um, from uh, still now when I walk into her house, um, I go into her refrigerator um, and she just expects me to poop. So um, yeah, well, you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, why are gentlemen's clubs in the headlines again? I, I don't know. Are they? Uh, I've never been to a gentleman's club and I don't think I would ever go to one. So, well, that is it for Yahoo's answers, questions, answers. We'll be right back. That's going to do it, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, participate in the podcast. Send your emails to helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, H-Y-H-M underscore pod on Twitter. Help you help me podcast on IG. Uh, help you help me podcast on Patreon. Please, please, please help by supporting the podcast through Patreon. Um, you can also find me, of course, on the Anchor app and Periscope and on Ferro, V-E-R-O. It's a new social media app that is uh, really pretty. 
It's really pretty. I, I'm really liking it so far and connecting with people there. Um, so if you uh, want to find me and find out ways to participate in the podcast, those are all ways you can do that. And also uh, supporting the podcast through Patreon for all of my patrons there. Um, you'll receive uh, new and exclusive content from the upcoming untitled podcast project um also uh special invites to uh live podcast on uh, periscope and ig and on youtube um so i ain't gotta sign off because i don't have a sign off bye <laughs>